Hey, you're just starting the Trek Off podcast now, so it's a good time for you to subscribe to a new podcast, too. The Totally Super Podcast is me and my good friend Arthur reviewing every single superhero movie ever made. That's right. It's called Totally Super. It's put out by Geeks Radio. It's like Trek Off, but for superhero movies. Maybe not quite so dirty, but it's still fun. So check out Totally Super. Search for it right now. Whatever you're listening on right now, whatever you found Trek Off on, just use that to find Totally Super and subscribe. Okay, enjoy Trek Off. It's time for Trek Off. Set phasers to love. Hey, Trek Off fans, it's Justin. Um, It's been sort of a weird time, as I'm sure you've noticed. Uh, Trek Off has not been on as often as it normally would be. Um, and in the midst of all this, unfortunately, uh, Alexia had some obligations that she... Uh, had to take care of. Um, so uh, I am solo this week. She uh, and I have been talking frequently uh, and everything's great. And we're going to be back on as the show would normally be very soon. But I didn't want to just let it go because it's probably going to be another week or two, if not a little bit more, before we can get Alexia back on the mic. And so in the meantime, I am going to be looking for opportunities to co-host uh, with some people out there. I've put out some feelers to maybe some of the people out at the Delta Quadrant or sorry, did I call the Delta Quadrant? I meant Upper Pylon too. Uh, is going to be the first people I kind of go ask. But there are some other people we can talk to as well. In the meantime, I couldn't let another week go by because San Diego Comic-Con was last weekend. And how could I go weeks and weeks without talking about all of the geek news that came out of it? And the first bit of geek news that came out of it, of course, is a trailer for uh, Star Trek Discovery, the season two trailer for Star Trek, Disco- Star Trek Discovery. So in the midst of that, I figured it would be a good idea for me to watch it with you right now. I'm, you're going to be getting my very first uh, impressions of watching the trailer, and then we'll talk it talk about it a little bit. So without further ado, I'm going to watch the first trailer for Star Trek Discovery. We have always looked to the stars. Very cool. To discover who we are. Some shots of the warp and discovery going through warp. And hidden there was a message. A secret made of space and time. Visible only to those open enough to receive it. It's the Enterprise. Pike requests permission to come aboard. Well, Commander, this is awkward, but the best way to get into a cold stream is to jump right in. I'm here to take command of the Discovery under Regulation 19, Section C. Your directive is only instituted when an imminent threat is detected. Federation sensors picked up seven red bursts spread out across more than 30,000 light years. These mysterious signals are beyond anything we understand. Is it a greeting? A declaration of malice? Let's find out. Aye, sir. So Discovery's going to be working with the Enterprise. Trust us. Discovery has you. Right, ladies? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, dear. This is the What's up, Foo Fighter? Sorry, let's let me have someone in common. My foster brother, Mr. Spock. He took leave. This is if he'd run into a question he couldn't answer. Spock is linked to these signals, and he needs help. 
collision course with a pulsar. Oh, what a relief. Thought we were all gonna die. Wherever our mission takes us, we'll try to have a little fun along the way. Ruffle a few feathers. I look forward to it. Whoa. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Linus, you okay? You look a little. Yes, I hear it's going around. Bless you. <laughs> All right, man. So, uh, season two of. Star Trek Discovery, uh, thank you for listening with us as I watch it for the first time. There's so much to unpack there. There's uh, We start off, of course, with uh, the idea that there are these pulsars that connect uh, Spock to the narrative. I guess he's going to be involved there. And we have Captain Christopher Pike, and we have the fact that they're working with the Enterprise. What I am excited about is the redesigned uniform, so I'm decided, excited to see more Star Trek iconography. I want it explained. We've heard, we talked about on the show before that it's going to be explained how this connects to the prime timeline and why it's different. So my hope is that they spend some, some significant energy on that because while it's fun to see the iconography I love and another Captain Pike, I want to know why it's, as different as it is, or are we just supposed to accept it? So that's uh, worth wondering about. The addition of humor, the idea of let's have a little more fun with this. I'm all for that stuff. I, as you all know, if you've listened to the show, I have not watched much of the Orville because it's just too, it's too not Star Trek. It's too of the moment. It's too referential to things that I don't think would be, you know, why do people have Snoopy dolls or whatever in the future? So, the fact that this is the fact that this is something that we all can recognize as being part of the Star Trek canon while also adding a little bit of levity that maybe was missing in the last one. I loved the attitude of, for instance, Star Trek Beyond. And if it's more like that, I'm all for it. The fact that it's exploring some science stuff, I'm all for that. So cool, man. I'm down for this. I'm sure that we're going to be able to unpack that uh, when Alexia is available um, at a later time. Uh, so speaking of reboots and speaking of sequels and that sort of thing. Uh, there has been another beloved franchise of mine that evidently is going to be getting a reboot. Uh, that is uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There has been a, uh, a report coming out of San Diego Comic-Con. Let me see if we can find it for you. And I'm going to read this right off of CNN.com where it says... Buffy Lives, the supernatural drama Buffy the Vampire Slayer will be getting a reboot with an African-American actress in the lead role, a Fox 21 television studio spokesperson confirmed to CNN. Like our world, it will be richly diverse, and like the original, some aspects of the series could be seen as metaphors for issues facing us all today, producers on the project told Deadline, which first reported news of the Buffy reboot. Based on the 1992 film of the same name, Buffy the Vampire Slayer originally ran from 1996 to 2003 on WB and later UPN. Sarah Michelle Gellar starred in the title role as Buffy Summers. No actors have been set cast in their series reboot yet. Showrunner Monica Owusu-Breen has signed on to oversee the project. Director Joss Whedon, who created the original series, will return to executive produce. 
In addition to Geller, Buffy the Vampire Slayer catapulted, catapulted the careers of actors David Boreanaz, Alison Hannigan, Charisma Carpenter, Nicholas Brendan, James Marsters, and Anthony Stewart Head. It's unclear if any of the original cast members will be part of the new project. So I guess the real question is, is what's the definition of a reboot here? I've been asked because I'm such a fan of Buffy as everybody knows whether or not I'm okay. First of all, with, with a black Buffy, uh, as a concept, no. Uh, as a concept, I would love to see African-American actresses stepping into the, the lead in the same way that we get Michael on Star Trek. I love that. I love that that we would have basically the replacement of what has been a very, very white cast for the most part in the Buffyverse. I like that there's going to be diversity added to it. I am excited about those things. I am not excited about the idea of it being a different actress as Buffy or a different or the reboot in general. I love what Star Trek has done over the years, which is let's play in the same sandbox, but acknowledge it's the same sandbox. Even the Abramsverse films, yes, it's an alternate universe, but it is an alternate universe connected to our universe. It is a, an alternate universe that is created within the narrative of the movie. Spock Prime is part of it, and something happens in the current universe that creates this sort of rebooted universe. But there is a connection continually. Spock Prime is in the second movie. There's the connection to the original cast uh, made in the third movie. So the idea that it's connected, that it's a pocket universe on the side, I'm okay with because it is part of and acknowledges the existence of the original universe. They aren't saying, hey, that Star Trek is done. Here's new Star Trek in the way that, let's say, the new, from what I understand, the new Charmed uh, thing does. If you have the same character names played by different actors, that is not supposed to be part of the same continuity. I don't want to show where the continuity that I have loved is erased. It's totally restarted completely. Nobody remembers it. Even if one person remembers that it's there, that matters to me. And that's what Spock brought to the the Abramsverse, is that Spock remembers that there was something else in an alternate universe. And the idea that this universe might not be right, that maybe this universe is wrong, and the original universe is is the right, that time travel stuff, I love, I dig that. Um, Angel did it really well. By the end of Angel, Angel was the only character from Buffy season one who was still on Angel. Now, you had the addition of Spike that came on who he was a Buffy season two character. But really, it's a show that didn't depend on Buffy stuff. You could have done it without Spike and instead just having Wesley and 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 Fred and Gunn and an idea of a Buffy verse show that is in a different place, maybe even on a different Hellmouth. Maybe you call, maybe it's a soft reboot where it's a different vampire slayer and she is at a high school and it's doing the same thing Buffy did, but it's part of the cyclical nature of what the slayer is. I'm down with that. The idea that you could eventually have characters from the original Buffy show be in it is important to me. The idea I would love if Anthony Stewart had came back to do Giles in this context, uh, a more, an older, more wizened and sort of defeated Giles, maybe something happened. Now I know we have the continuity of the comic books and the continuity of the comic books. I've always said a way that you do it is you can go back and undo the continuity of the comic books in the comic books, or you can create a secondary universe within the comic books so that you can go back to the events of the end of Buffy and create an alternate timeline. I would hate to do that to fans of the comics. I know that they those exist, but given that I 
don't like some of the things that were done in the comics. And I would love to see a show continue from the show and not have to be beholden to the comic universe. I think that that is an acceptable way to do it. But I, I don't want a different Buffy. I don't want a different Xander. I don't want a different Giles. I want another Slayer in another place with an, an acknowledgement that this is the same, that you could have the actual Giles shown up. Doctor Who has done this very well. Doctor Who has completely rebooted everything so that nothing of it is, there's nothing of David Tennant's Doctor Who running around in Peter Capaldi's Doctor Who until finally at the end you get River Song shows up at one point. But it's not beholden to what Tennant did at all. It's a complete, Doctor Who does it almost every time. They completely reboot the show, but the understanding is the Doctor has still been out doing this and the other doctors are part of that continuity and i really hope that it follows that model that is something that that is near and dear to my heart that i hope that they don't essentially when you reboot a computer you turn it off and then turn it back on and i don't want them to turn off buffy and then turn it back on i just want it to continue and maybe get upgraded in other ways so that is my my thoughts about that. Um, there's news about the Orville. I still haven't watched it. I'm sorry about that. I wish I had. I wanted to chime in real quick about Luke Cage, which we are nearly at the end of here in my home. What a spectacular season of television Luke Cage is. If you have not watched it, if you're a Trek, a Trekoff fan, and you watch the first two episodes of season two, and you're like, ah, I was a little, ah, when I was watching the first two episodes, it gets remarkably great it is connected to the rest of the Marvel universe in the way that in ways that let's say Jessica Jones was not. I am so glad that it is. I'm so excited at what it has done. It is a fantastic watch. So if you get a chance, watch Luke Cage. What else can I do and say that we've done? Um, you can hear me talk about the new Ant-Man and the Wasp movie over on um over on Totally Super, so do that. Uh, I watched The Last Starfighter with my son, which I don't remember having seen. I remember that I saw it and remember the basic plot, but it has been a super long time. I enjoyed the hell out of that film. I was so surprised in watching it um, how much I was digging the Spielberg-esque vibe. Is it a little corny? Yes. Do the effects, the effects damage it? I would almost love to see like what they did with Star Trek season one and two and three of the original series when they did an HD version, they updated the effects. It wouldn't take much to update the effects of The Last Starfighter and then release it in a Blu-ray format that has both versions of the effects because I think the rest of the film really still stands up for the most part. I think that you could do it with just updated effects, but it, I was really taken by it. Um, Ready Player One owes so much to it. Uh, so if you liked Ready Player One, certainly uh, go check out the old 80s film, The Last Starfighter. Um, it's hard to do this on my own without someone else to talk to. I'm going to go over real quick some of the Comic-Con news and just give you my two cents, and then we're going to cut it short today. I just want to make sure I said hi to you guys because it's been a while. Uh, it looks like uh, Batman, the, this is from Dark Dark Horizon, just going to go through. Batman the Animated Series is finally getting a Blu-ray. Yay! I'm so glad about that. Looks like Robert De Niro is in talks to join the Joker film. That's really interesting. Uh, I want to read that real quick. Robert De Niro is going to join Walking phoenix in the joker standalone film at warner brothers uh looks like that's going to be i'm really really looking forward to seeing uh that take again i wanted to be connected to the current dc universe and not just be a standalone 
that is completely disconnected. At least I saw the trailer for Into the Spider-Verse, and it looks like it's in a different universe than the rest of the MCU. But even the trailer acknowledges in your universe, there's one Spider-Man. But really, there are lots of Spider-Man. Here we go. Let's talk about it. Um, so that is uh, interesting. Kevin Smith talked about uh, an update on Jay and Silent Bob reboot. This is from Dark Horizons. Well, it says Ke- filmmaker Kevin Smith has confirmed that the upcoming Jay and Silent Bob reboot film is scheduled to begin shooting in November. The film sees titular duo played by Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith learning the blunt man chronic. The film made about them in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is set to be rebooted. They drive across the country to stop filming once again, like they did in the first film. Uh, I am excited about that it looks like the flash actors grant gustin carlos valdez and tom cavanaugh are going to appear in the film uh, it makes sense because kevin smith is doing a lot of flash so that's very very cool uh going through looking at what else is coming up through dark horizons again uh, i haven't watched the lead of battle angel trailer i did watch the second trailer for fantastic beasts uh which looks spectacular again i'm very very excited about seeing how that progresses i liked the first film but I felt it was flawed and I felt like the first Harry Potter film, it tried to do too much and it was too maybe kitty. I'm very excited about seeing them go into the darker realm of Harry Potter, which I've really enjoyed. Speaking of Harry Potter, I will be going to Universal and seeing the Harry Potter uh, Wizarding World, which I'm so excited about. I can't wait to tell you guys about everything that we did that. So there is something else that's very cool. There were also trailers for Shazam and Aquaman and Doctor Who. Watching the Doctor Who trailer just doesn't give you a sense much of like, there's a lot of adventure and a lot of action and here are new companions and here's the new Doctor. That is pretty much it. Uh, but it's still fun to see more Doctor Who stuff. I'm not getting a sense of what the trailers aren't a lot of ooh, ah moments, except that, of course, she's different. So that is uh, an interesting thing. The Aquaman trailer looks really fun. Looks like it has the same sort of desaturated aesthetic uh, as the rest of the DC Universe films. A little bit grit to it, but by the end, it gets a little more colorful. Looks like the underwater stuff. Looks like the real world is sort of that dark and gritty world, but then you go underwater and everything's sort of bright. Reminds me so much of uh, the underwater world of the Gungans in Star Wars Episode One. of course. They had Black Mantis uh, being just awesome and looking just like he did in Super Friends. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Aquaman looks good. I'm excited that they are going to do it. I hope that it's better than Justice League because I didn't dig Justice League. And then the one of the DC Universe films that they showed a trailer for that I really dug was Shazam, which basically looks like a teen comedy wrapped around it's like big meets superheroes i am so unbelievably excited for shazam and that it takes place in the same dc universe and adds levity it looks like a marvel movie and that is great it's a good thing don't don't differentiate yourself so much there's room for two universes of of fun comic book movies and i applaud dc for finally having that it looks uh spectacular so that's what I have for now. I'm not going to go too much because I know you guys really like to chime in or tune in to hear me talk to Alexia. She hopefully will be joining us soon. Uh, between now and then, I would rather do more solo stints to talk about some stuff. But I just want to update my thoughts on all the things from San Diego Comic-Con. And I look forward to talking to you more either with another host or with Alexia as soon as she's available. Again, uh, you can reach both of us on our uh, Facebook page. And if you have any message you want to send to Alexia, uh, let me know. Uh, you can uh, tweet me at, at Ninja Director and I'll make sure I pass them on. Uh, but for now, she would say, Trek off, bitches. 
Hey, you know what makes us different than all those other podcasts you listen to? We have a movie. There's a movie of this podcast on Amazon Prime right now. Just go right now on Amazon Prime and go look. Check it out. Just search for it. There you go. There it is. Trek off. One word. Just search for Trek off on Amazon Prime or Amazon Instant Video if you want to rent it. If you don't have Amazon Prime as a subscription or if you want to buy the DVD, it's there on Amazon. But seriously, this podcast, you got all the way to the end. Now go watch us and give us reviews and tell the world, man, a podcast got me made into a movie, man. How cool is that? Go look it up and share it. Love you guys.